right, everybody, welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. So a couple of weeks ago, kind of like oddly, I guess you can call it serendipitous or just like a coincidence, but I've had a lot of people in my DMs telling me that they're having a lot of problems with their narcissist and the narcissistic in-laws that the narcissist kind of like is continuing to try and get the approval from their parents or whoever their caregivers were growing up. So it kind of made me put out this uh, Instagram post about, hey, does anybody have some experience with narcissistic in-laws? And I was flooded with a lot of messages and I connected with somebody here. He's with me today. His name is Zach. And Zach had a pretty cool story. He and I connected for maybe like half an hour, 45 minutes before we did this call. And I can see there's a lot of similarities in our stories. So welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks, brother. It's, it's good to meet you. Thanks for having yeah. me out. Yeah, it's good to meet you too. So um, we were swapping a couple stories before we got on the air, but tell me how this all started, how you met your next, um, the involvement of, was it her parents? It was her parents, right? Yeah. 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 So tell me about like where it got started and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, it got started about 30 years ago, almost, um, high school. My next and I met in high school. Um, I was a senior. She was a sophomore. I was 17. She was 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, a, a Friday night football game, you know, where, where she actually approached me on behalf of a friend. Right. Um, and, and then the way, you know, this was probably the first flag, right? She ended up kind of pursuing me and, uh, you know, whatever that did to her friend, I, I'm not certain. Um, and I didn't mind being pursued, right? So I kind of went along with it. Sure. Uh, we dated for a very short amount of time, like maybe six months in high school. We were young. Um, she had other priorities, but also like the sense that I got from her was that, um, something was off. Like there, there wasn't a lot of emotional connection and, and I shouldn't expect a whole lot from a 15 year old girl. Right. That might be something. Yeah. I mean, push back. Do you remember why it ended the first time? I mean, we're talking 30 years ago, but do you remember why it ended in high school? I do. I mean, I made the choice. Like I knew. Like I would, it kind of started, you know, the love bombing, right? Even at that young age, like love bombing occurred. And then once we got into kind of a relationship and there wasn't a lot to relationship here, you can only do so much when you're that age. Yeah. Um, But when we did spend time together, it was cold. It was, it was distant. And, and, you know, I just had enough strength at the time to, to walk away from it. It stopped. Mark it down as, you know, you're young kids, you're figuring each other out and there's a whole great big world out there that you have to experience. For sure, for sure. So life went on. I graduated, um, stayed around in in my hometown for a bit, but then ultimately uh, joined the military. And I spent um, almost 21 years in the military. Wow. Um, But about halfway through that, uh, when Facebook became a thing, Mm -hmm. and and I eventually felt the urge and acted on on creating an account, uh, she resurfaced. God damn it, social media. <laughs> but, and fuck, man, and I, I miss the 90s. Like, I miss the 90s when, like, you couldn't fucking connect with people in your past. I want to go back to disappearing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. I, I, I took the bait because I, I truly had a heart for this girl. Like, I convinced myself she was the one. Yeah. And, and I grew up with a faith, and, and my faith these days is, is stronger, you know, beyond measure. Um, so I felt like it was like in, in God's will and and divine that we, we met again. Right. Yeah. The problem was, is that she had a different last name and I'm actually buried. 
she was married and okay. uh she pursued me while she was married yes yes so uh yeah i've i've resolved all that and and sought and I, I know i've been forgiven for that but it it was i i realize now that i was um her supply so I, what's I the was, story what's the story that she gave you while she was married to coming on to you like it was ending he doesn't treat me good what was that story basically yeah from what i can remember they weren't getting along they had just moved from one town to another okay. um and things were rough and she said she never wanted to get married in the first place to this guy you know she tells me the story how she was resistant and and they were on vacation somewhere and, and she knew he had a ring and she told him not to propose so like like she was you know almost like a married that and i was the one that there to like save her from it right yeah uh so that evolves um and meanwhile, you know, this, this is about in-laws, right? So I've known her parents for 30 years as well. Her parents yeah. are still married to this day. Mm -hmm. They've been married, um, anywhere from 44 to 46 years and, and, and they've never changed. And, and, um, they are extremely unhealthy people who probably should have got a divorce a long, long time ago. You know, what's funny. My nexus parents are still together as well. I wonder if that's sort of a trend of, you know, the narcissists and the, the parents that they come from, that the parents are still together. Because for me, I know you'll get into your story, but for me, my nexus father is an example to me of what I would have been had I stayed in the relationship for too long. Amen. I agree. And, and I am grateful beyond measure that I am, my next and I are divorced. I don't know if I've said that at this point. Um, it's been filed for, for going on two years now. Thank you. Uh, but I agree. And I used to look up to her dad and, and thought he was like just this model man. Yeah. The only, you know, but, but the truth was he was just kind and he was taking the abuse from her mom. Her mom was the abusive one is the, for, for all I know, she's still abusive to this day. So do you remember your first experience with the Nexus mom? Uh, Very first one. Maybe the first one that raised some red flags. Not exactly. I, I guess it was even when, maybe when, when I had bought, so, so fast forward, right? My next eventually gets a divorce. Her and I get together and I buy her an engagement ring. But the funny thing about it was uh, she didn't make like this, an announcement. Like I gave it to her, but every time we were around her parents, like there was no like, oh, you guys are engaged. And she even wore it on her hand. Right. So, so the thing that stood out to me is that her parents, her mom and dad, like just remained silent, didn't ask questions. And just kind of were, I don't want to use the word timid, but just a lot unspoken and um, they didn't engage. Do you think that she didn't want them to know or was she yeah. maybe sort of embarrassed? Like she had been married once and like, oh, what are you thinking getting married again? Like, what do you think the, the motive was behind her not telling your parents? I would agree with that. Like there was some, some type of, of hesitation as it related to the timing and, and how uh, things ended with, with her first husband. Uh, okay. but then like once, once she like decided to let it be known, her mom was, was really happy. Like they remembered me from high school. Yeah. I've always seen myself as a kind person and, and from, and I never treated her, you know, any other way. Yeah. And so it was, it was real kind of just different. 
what was your like outsider looking in opinion of her demeanor around her family like in terms of like let's say you guys were having dinner together and you were all sitting at the dinner table what was like your outsider looking at opinion of those sort of moments it was very like matter of fact they didn't talk about anything deep like there was it was all just surface level conversation it was about what's on the news today uh you know, Did they talk about other people oh yeah yeah right yeah yes even their extended family and I'm more of an introvert. So like in the beginning of, of our relationship, I, I would just kind of listen. And, and I'm not the type of person, you know, if I don't have anything really uh, important that, that's going to add value to a conversation, I'll just listen. And a lot of the times it was, you know, and, and my next and her family are from a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, they They have not really even left the state for an extended amount of time. So yeah, like that small town, who's doing what? You'll never believe what this person did. You'll never believe what I heard. That kind of stuff. And like, and like, you know, if you're anything like me, which you seem like you are, like, we're sort of, I don't know, intrinsically deep thinkers. You know what I mean? Like, and we want to have something more than like a superficial conversation of who you saw at the grocery store, why, you know, hey, I saw Mary at the grocery store and Mary's son is you know, in college and he's an idiot and he flunked out and blah, 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 blah. Like it, 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 like, I don't understand those conversations. And like, you're just sitting there and you're like, I can't offer anything to this conversation. But like, for the same standpoint, it's like, what fucking difference does it make to you if Mary's son dropped out of college? Like, I don't understand like why that's the topic of the dinner table conversation. Right. Right. And the other thing that would, the other things that would come up would be like, they, they would plan stuff like, like events or activities or, it, they they had like this addicted to busy lifestyle where where they seem to to feel more valuable based on the things that they've done and the places they've gone or the vacations they've taken. So so it was always you know stuff like that. Yeah, my next my next and, and so like my next and her family. I'm not a very well traveled guy. Okay, and so my next's family. You know, before they met me, they never did it when I was around, which was nearly ten years. But they would always reminisce, like you said, about vacations. And they would always talk about how, like, well-traveled they were. But it wasn't like yeah. they, like, backpacked through Europe or, like, went to, like, Machu Picchu or any, like, you know, place of substance. It was always like, yeah. hey, we took a, you know, vacation to the Caribbean. So we're well-traveled people. And I was like, yeah. you're so cultured. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like that thing, hey, remember that one time we did that one thing? That was real cool, huh? Just like living living in the past and and surface level feelings. Yeah, and to the busy thing, my nexus dad owns like seven businesses. Like he he has his own you know uh, sort of town job, and then he has other businesses on the side. And my nexus used to say all the time, like he's going to die at work one day. Like that is what is going to happen. The man could not relax. Yeah. Uh, we out so that, that that's kind of how it was around the dinner table. Um, you know, the the tone of voice also like it was was an indicator for me. And when we were married and eventually had children together, um, it was always something I tried to address because because this was passed on to my next. My my next uh, has a very harsh tone of voice, and they don't hear it themselves. They're they're just you know repeating what they were taught. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Being at, at the dinner table was was 
uncomfortable because of, of how like people were talked to, how other people were spoken to, how they were uh, demeaned to their face, how um, somebody became a verbal punching bag, how uh, you know humor was always directed at somebody. Mm-hmm. So if, can, you give, yeah. can you give us an example of like maybe a time when you saw the Nex's mother demean your Nex? Huh. I know it's hard. I'm putting you on the spot. Not, not her directly, but I can certainly tell a story about the like what I feel was a critical moment in time when when my Nex's mom demeaned my son. Okay. Yeah. Shoot. You you ready to go into that? Shoot, yeah, for sure. So it was Christmas Day of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had been married uh, 10, 10 years at this point. Right. Um, my son was very young. He uh, and, and like I said, they like to tease people. And this just wasn't for adults. This this eventually became something that my children had to deal with. Okay. And uh, he had gotten a toy for Christmas. My, my nexus mom was teasing him with it and trying to keep it away from him. And, and, and I'm watching this from a distance and, and, you know, 10 years at this point, I, I had kind of had enough where, where I had enough, um, gusto in me to speak up and defend my son and my children. Mm-hmm. And, and in the most calm manner possible, I said something to the effect of, can we not tease him with his brand new Christmas toy? pretty reasonable statement pretty reasonable request and sure. if you wouldn't have thought like i i was persecuting oh, all this hey god zach you're so offensive how dare you speak to me like that yeah yeah and and that's it eventually got to that point but the first thing that happened was that it went real silent my son came to me and, and he released like all the emotion that i could see building up where he was trying to be strong he came to me and I picked him up and held him in my arms and he he let it go. He cried. And, and I'm grateful for that moment because I stood up for him as a father. But everybody got silent. My uh, next, I could see on her face just this look of disdain and disgust. And, and the demon that 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 lives inside of her, I could see on her face. Um, her parents left. And, and because it was Christmas, we had some time off. They were supposed to take my kids with them. So I had like this in my gut, just like this feeling like, how am I going to let this happen? How am I going to let them take my kids? But my next and I were supposed to go somewhere. So I I, I breathe, I kind of give it some time. And then I I go down to the car and try to engage with my next's mom. And I say, hey, can we talk? Like, can can we work this out? And she turns around and, and, and starts to talk over me. And I said, can you listen to me? I mean, I was trying to have kind of a structured conversation. And and when I said that, she like, this is when the screaming came out. She screamed at the top of her lungs. No, you're going to listen to me. Right. And, and I, I didn't say anything. I turned my back and, and walked away. Like I, 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 I knew better. Um, but she showed herself in, in that moment. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure. How did your next, uh, react to that? Did she side with you or did she side no. with the parents? She sided with her parents. Uh, she wanted to, we were, we were at our family cabin um, and she wanted to leave me at the cabin and drive back into town. And she said, can I come back and pick you up in a couple of days? She was hot. And I told her, no, you're not going to leave me in the mountains. And, and then I'm, you know, where, where I'm then trusting you to come back in a vehicle. 
So we went, we went down and, and it was very uncomfortable. And, uh, we got back to our house, uh, a lot of heated conversation discussion. Yeah. The, the D word came out. Um, she threw her phone. They love pulling the D word out. And for anybody who doesn't listen, I'm, I assume you're talking about divorce, right? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. 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 So like, that's the thing is that whenever there's an argument, man, I can remember we, some stupid argument we had a week after getting married and she yelled like i want a divorce i'm like just get it fucking old like like <laughs> we were like always always like the minorest little argument about like leaving a fork in the in the sink turned into oh, i want a divorce and they they oh, yanked that part out like nothing my <laughs> well th- yeah this was a little bigger than than dirty dishes um so she throws her phone you know, leaves me at the house and she decided we were then supposed to go somewhere else to another Airbnb. We were then supposed to go spend some time together for Christmas. She tries to leave, but then realizes her phone is broken and had to come back to me. So we talked through it. We ended up going to this Airbnb together, but fast forward a, a year later, Christmas, 2021. Yeah. That's when things kind of fell apart again. And, and we ultimately divorced in uh summer of 22. Um, does that have to do with the in-laws as well? You know, what's amazing is like going back to teasing him with the toy. It's like, yeah. what is your next try to say that her parents should have allowed, you know, she should, you should have allowed her parents to tease him with the toy or, or exactly. she's thinking you're making too big of a deal out of it. Well, yeah, I'm making, yeah, both. Cause I'm making too big of a deal about it, but that's the behavior that she grew up with. Right. Yeah. So, so she's normalized all that stuff. Um, you know, where I have compassion for my next is, is that she was physically abused by her mother when she was a kid oh, yeah. uh, at the at the age of six. And this is all firsthand stories. Remember, I've, I've known this girl since she was 15. Right. I've known her parents for 30 years. Uh, we were married for almost 12. So firsthand stories at the age of six, my next uh, was doing laundry with her mom. So I think that's kind of something odd, you know, a, a six year old being made to do laundry. However, beyond that, uh, she folded the towels the wrong way, apparently. And her mother felt it was appropriate to kick her in the crotch. Or folding towels the wrong way? At the age of six. What the fuck? Yeah. I didn't even understand. It's, dude, it's sad, bro. Yeah. Um, what else? Other stories. She, she would tell me stories of how she was forced to stay at the dinner table until close to midnight. Mm. to eat the food that was in front of her. However, the stuff that her mom would cook were things like uh, cow tongue and liver and fish heads with the eyeballs still in them. Oh, and she'd have like, to sit at the dinner table until midnight? Yes. So so from an early age, right, my next developed this rebellious attitude based on the abuse that, that she received from, from her caregiver. Right. That makes sense. And probably it's the same token. I mean, I know my next... I have an aunt who said it the best, and she said that my next will die. She will literally go to her deathbed or her mother's deathbed trying to earn her mother's affection because her mother doesn't give a rat yes. ass. Yes. So, like, that sort of behavior, I mean, folding the towels and kicking her in the crotch or making her sit at dinner table until midnight, there's also, like, a sort of, like, Stockholm syndrome with that, you know, yes. because there's no one there to help her. So, like, you know, when... Her mom's hurting her, but then when her mom ultimately allows her to get up from the dinner table, 
is she's also the one to like, you know, okay, it's over. You know what I mean? Right. And at that right. time, that's when your next needs some soothing. And I'm sure, you know, the same person who hurts you is the same person who you go to for help. Right. And, and, and to my knowledge, her dad never stepped in her, you know, we, we touched on, on the behavior of her father a little earlier. Yeah. This guy, he was kind. He is kind, but he is a coward, you know, yes. to, to hear these stories and, and for him to, to take the, he receives it as well. The verbal punching bag. He is a verbal punching bag. Mm. Um, you know, she, his wife says jump and he, and he says how high. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I can't remember. I can't even tell you how many times too. Like, so we'd be at my nexus parents house for dinner and the dad would work all day. The mother never worked and the dad would come in and it was, you know, the man worked all day. He, he, he went even order and he went and picked up pizza for everybody at yeah. dinner time. And he would walk into the house and like, you know, the mom would be getting out like the plastic forks and stuff like that. And he would go and like slap grass or something. And she'd be like, get off of me, fat boy. And like, I was like, fuck poor guy. And like, he would laugh it off, but I'm like, no, this is this guy's life. He's got nothing. He's got yeah. nothing. He's got a bit. He's got businesses. He's got money, but his home life sucks. Yeah. So I don't know what he was around for, and I don't know what he knows to this day. You know, I don't know if my next ever told him any of this stuff. Um, I don't know if the mom ever told her, told him this stuff. You think the mom? Right. Guess what I did with your daughter today? Right. No doubt. One highly doubtful. Doubtful. Um, something that I know. He was present for, though, another story that I've heard from my next is when she was young, she was afraid of thunderstorms, thunder and lightning. Right. And where we live, it happens often. Um, she would go into her parents' bedroom at night looking for soothing, looking for comfort, right? Um, but her mom would not allow her to to get in bed with them. So she would she was forced to lay on the floor. Like a dog. Yes. Yes. So, so that's one thing I, I'm certain that, that her dad was aware of, right? And just didn't stand up for her. And to this day, she's deathly afraid of thunderstorms, thunder and lightning. As a, as a mid 40 year old adult, deathly afraid. Wow. Uh, talk yeah. about trauma. Well, dude, and well, sure. so that's like sort of an uphill climb for you because if you don't mind me asking, how old are your kids? Uh, my youngest is 11, and um, I have a 12 year old. And then I, I'll leave it at that. We have, okay. we have more children together, but yeah. Well, so your kids now, like that's sort of an uphill battle because, you know, you have to co-parent with somebody like that. And the way right. your co-parent is trained is to hurt and soothe and hurt and soothe and hurt and soothe. So like you have sort of an uphill battle with your kids. How do you manage stuff like that? Uh, I, I just try to be present with them. Um, I, I try to recognize whatever emotions they're going through. I, I try to talk through them with it. I, I've always been the affectionate one. Uh, the hugs, right? The statements, the, the mm -hmm. statements of affirmation. Right. All these things are things that my next did not receive from her parents. She told me that she's never heard the words, I love you from her father. Um, so so I, I, I'm always kind of counteracting. Um, but that's always been in my nature, like to be more affectionate. So, so I, I just, I try to listen. I give them opportunities to talk. I try not to say too much, but I also like, I also tell truth. Like they're old enough and they lived in this same house that, that their mother and I did. And they heard the arguments and you know, their life, I'm not going to let that someone deny what they know to be true. 
so I just I have to be stable. I have to not fly off the handle. Um, yeah, when when she would get emotional, yeah, I, I was able to to stay balanced and not feed feed the fire, not pour gasoline on it. Yeah. Um, do your do your kids see some of her tactics? Like, do they see it? You know, full picture, or you know, do they give her the benefit of the doubt? I believe both are 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 applicable. You know, they still love their mom. Um, I have, so after the divorce, you know, she, her and I didn't live too far away and we had uh, a custody agreement that was every two days. Um, but at the beginning of last year, she moved out of town and filed for custody, uh, and, and thought she was going to take all the kids with her. Um, however, at the end of September, our custody case was resolved and I was awarded primary custody of my two youngest kids. Look at you. Congratulations. So, Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Um, so she is the every other weekend parent, you know, and, um, but don't say it like that, man. You hurt my heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, no, don't take offense, bro. Don't take offense. Everybody's story is different, but that's, that's, that's the facts of it. Right. So, so I say that because I'm the one that's with them in, in their pain, you know, um, where, where my, my son is in middle school for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. So not only are things different at home, but he's now in a different school. So I'm the one that's walking them through the emotions of their, their entire life changing, but also just school. Like, I think most people can agree that middle school is an awkward time. For sure. For sure. Fuck, you met a narcissist in high school for crazy. <laughs> how do, uh, I'm thinking like, so as your children have aged, how has your the in-laws, how have they reacted to the kids as they've aged? Uh, Any different treatment? I mean, like, are they still no. getting teased? Or are they still, you know, did it? No, I don't think I'm aware of them. They, they do because, so like you, you alluded to earlier, my next is, is always trying to win the affection and approval of her parents. Mm-hmm. Still at, at her age. And what she has done is taken our children and, and kind of offered time to her parents with our kids yeah. as almost what I'll, I'll call it a sacrifice, a sacrifice offering to print her work. Like, look at me. I'm a good mom. Look at what, you know, I eventually did with my life. Yeah. Um, she works on Saturdays. So even when they are with her, they're either home alone or they're with her parents. So to this day, yes, my, my kids still see my former in-laws to my knowledge, you know, that, that same treatment is not there, you know, and and my prayers are that, that even though their mom and I aren't divorced, that, that the way that this has played out is, is making their mother a little more soft-hearted, making her parents a little more soft-hearted where they're able to kind of see how they contributed to, to life being the way it is now. So. They, they're honest with me. They would tell me, you know, um, if, if it was occurring these days, I, I believe it's not. So is the relationship good? I mean, like, so I know, I know with my nexus parents, they spend virtually no attention to my grandkids. I mean, especially my nexus narcissistic mother spends zero time. She's never gotten on the floor and like played with the kids. Um, I know my, my nexus father, like, um, the way that they show love is through money. So like, for example, around Christmas time, yep. the local, uh, it's like the polar express, like the, the, 
movie, the Christmas movie, and I know that he spends yeah. like a wicked amount of money to to bring them on this mock Polar Express. Um, yeah. But like when it comes to just like a normal Saturday afternoon, um, they're not doing anything with the kids, you know, like they'll just sit there while the kid, my kids run them up and like tear apart their house. But it's not like yeah. they're like playing with them or taking them on some sort of fishing excursion or something like that. They're just, you know, you're on your own kid. Gotcha. So, so my nexus parents will do kind of the opposite, you know, where, where I talked about how they're addicted to busy. They, they will take my kids places, uh, whether it be movies or a pool or go camping. Um, they, they try to plan vacations. So it, it's always busy. You know, you're, you're, you're addicted to busy because then you don't have to sit and be still and, and let like the, the uncomfortable silence overwhelm you. Yeah. Um, so, so they're not ignored. Um, okay. That's good to know. But, but yeah, but I think there's a lot of stuff that's unsaid and unspoken, you know, that, that'll just, when, when they're teenagers and adults, man, there's going to be a lot of statements and questions. Yeah. 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 Did in laws have a favorite of the kids? Um, I, I, yeah, it's likely one of the children that I didn't mention. Mm -hmm. Um, so my next had, um, a child with her first husband when, okay. when her and I met and began an affair uh -huh. who, who I eventually adopted Okay, at, at a very young age. But when my next left, uh, the oldest child was manipulated. Uh, and, and now I'm no longer dad, but I'm Zach to, to this child that I adopted. I don't see her. She lives with her mom full time. So I have to believe she's the favorite. And because the two youngest are from me, I, I believe that they're, they're targeted, right? Bullies pick on, on the youngest target mm -hmm. and that's how it's been. So do you think that the child that you adopted is trying to poison your biological children? No, no, she's not. No, she wouldn't do that. Okay. Yeah, they, they've always had a good relationship, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I say she was never mine to begin with, you know, I, I was blessed to be her dad for a short time and, and I'm kind of giving her back to, to God, if you will. And, and in time, like the truth will be revealed. Yeah. Um, if, if she's got questions, I'll be around. She's the one that, that wanted to leave and I'm still supporting her, you know, with, with, with healthcare and yeah. all, all the things, you know, yeah. I just. Well, that's, but that's no the right way to be. No communication. It's rough. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the right way to be, dude. I mean, like, I don't know why, like, I have the, like, you just said, like, more will be revealed down the line. And yeah. I have this, um, I don't know, call it what you will, daydream or a fantasy of, like, one day my kids are going to graduate high school and I'm going to be at my kids' high school graduation and mm -hmm. my next will be there. And of course, fuck, she'll be going nuts. She'll be put on such a show of pride. Um, and my in-laws, if they're still alive, will be there. And I just like you as like future me. I mean, your kids are probably maybe like five or six years older than mine. But like, do you see the in-laws now? Do you see them at all now? No, no, not at all. And I don't even see my nets. That's good. Like, yeah, like she uh, picks them up from school on her days and then I drive to to where she lives now and picks them up from her house and, yeah. and they come out to me. So yeah, time and, and work will heal the wounds. Um 
you know, you, you say if they're alive, right. And that's something that I told my next when we were, when we were splitting up and things were, were really tense, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that she is, you know, still traumatically bonded to her parents. She has a trauma bond 100%. Yeah. Um, I, I told her, I said, you know, your parents are going to die one day, you know, cause I, cause I don't know if they realize that, like, they just seem to think they're going to live forever. And Dude, what then? I've said that too. I've said that to my next two and God, I was called so cruel for saying that, but like, it's you know, fact. it is a fact. And like all this time in your late thirties and early forties, chasing, getting back in your parents, good graces while you're married and not working on your marriage, well, what do you think is going to happen when your parents are gone and you didn't work on your marriage? You think I'm going to be there for you when your parents died? Why would I be? You didn't work out of I was here. Yeah. You know, I didn't. And like, that's the thing is like, I think it's also like sort of like pseudo brainwashing when people get married and like, oh, the blending of two families. To me, that's kind of horseshit. I think you get married and you're kind of like no longer your parents' responsibility. You're now, you have to work on your marriage, not on your relationship with your parents. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fact, man. I mean, after, after God created Eve, it says uh, man and woman will leave their, their father and mother and become one flesh. And, and her, my next and I were never one flesh. It was always three versus one. It was her and her parents against me and and she took their side every time so what do you think their opinion is of you now uh it's hard to say um because i don't think they ever had a negative opinion about me really like they just yeah they just stayed silent about the divorce like the day after did they ever think like you weren't good enough for her I wouldn't say that. No, I, I feel like they, you know, if, if they're honest with themselves, they would probably say that I was too good for her. <laughs> good. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean it. Like I, I, I treated her like a queen and that's where my downfall was. She became my idol. And, and what I know about my faith right now, uh, God doesn't, doesn't stand for that. When we idolize people or things above him, Mm-hmm. and uh division was created and I'm, I'm better for it these days uh but yeah i treated her like a queen uh she she abused me physically one time yeah um a lot of emotional abuse a lot of verbal abuse that i just took because i was convinced i was in love and, and i didn't want to be divorced uh i grew up in a divorced home uh didn't spend a lot of time with my dad uh, my dad passed away when I was only 27. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want my kids to, to be from a divorced home. Right. Um, right. So I did what I could to hold on and, and, um, I did it just about as long as I could. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was... in my experience, like everywhere you go, your divorces are hard, man. Like it's yeah. not this hallmark fairy tale, like, you know, the notebook style love, like it's tough. And I thought love is tough and i thought it's really difficult fast forward you know like so i'm more than two years out and i have a girlfriend now and nothing's difficult (laughs) nothing's difficult the hardest the the biggest problem we have is finding enough time for each other because i'm so busy and she's so busy and 
life, you know, there's life outside of life, but when we're together, things are good. And like, I just don't understand now. Well, I do understand how I got trapped, but I just don't understand how love can be pain all the time. Like this constant, yeah. oh, just digging and digging and digging. It's exhausting. Well, it, yeah, it, it takes, you know, work uh, on your inner child, your tra- traumatized child. You know, the, the quote about marriage being 50-50 is, is garbage. Marriage is 100% from each person. Yeah. Um, what I, well, and to the same standpoint, I think, like, sometimes the person only has 30% to give, and the other person has to pick up the slack and not cry about it, you know? Amen. Not Amen. That. I'm fine yeah. with that, you know? Yeah. And it works both ways. Um, you know, the, the division eventually came, it became too big. My, my next, uh, started, how do I say this? Uh, the people she, her coworkers, you know, um, eventually became her priority. They, they were a younger crowd. She, she has a job where, where we had a comfortable lifestyle. I mean, I talked about having a cabin earlier, right? Not many people mm-hmm. have that. Mm-hmm. So, so money was her idol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she eventually saw me, I think as, as not equal to her because of finances. Um, and she eventually had an affair, you know, so, so the same stuff that I did with her in the beginning, you know, I, it, it, her, her behavior did not change. There was no accountability, no responsibility. And, uh, you know, I, I pray for her honestly, cause she's yeah. still the mother of my kids. Uh, you're a better man than me. <laughs> well, dude, it takes time, bro. Give give yourself some grace. and yeah. Yeah. I asked you before what their opinion is of you. What's your lasting opinion of your in-laws? Uh, my lasting opinion of them is that they spent their whole lives... Um, being angry, being mad, you know, I, I have to believe that, that my next's mom also had an abusive childhood. Um, so generational sin and generational, uh, trauma is stuff that is real. And, and, and we only, we, we can't, we can't give away what we don't have, you know, unless we, unless we, unless we have a faith. And, and my lasting opinion of her dad is that he, he threw his life away trying to please somebody that, that wasn't kind to him. And, and her mom was just angry about a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, I even, I pray for them, you know, that, that, that they won't go to their grave this way. Cause there, there's a lot of healing that needs to be done, not just on my side, but on their side too. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like, and, and you talk about the father, it's like, you know, what could have been the guy is a smart guy, you know? Yeah. And yeah. what could have been had he got out, you know, but yeah, if, if there's a silver lining in anything, he is an example. He's an example to me of what I would have been had I stayed. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Zach, we're coming to the end of the hour. This went kind of quick, huh? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm good, man. <laughs> well, so we're coming to the end of the hour. Um, what is some of your advice? I always like to ask people, like when they're coming out of a relationship with a narcissist, what's some advice that you would give somebody? Do you have any advice to a person who may be listening to this, who may be struggling 
with their narcissistic in-laws and how to handle that maybe a little bit better if they can? My advice would be, uh, so I'll, I'll quote scripture again. Um, Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 says, our battle is not flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities and authorities of the dark world. Um, a lot of, say that again, say it again. I want to hear it again. (laughs) Ephesians chapter six, verse 12, our, our battle is not flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, principalities and authorities of the dark world. Ooh. Uh, God is real. I can't mean shivers. And demons, demons use humans as vessels to, to steal, kill, and destroy. So my advice is, is to try not to look at the person, but try to look at the demons that they may be carrying way before we met them. Mm. You know, I, I'm, I'm a man of faith. Um, and and prayer will, will, will do so much more than, than what we could ever hope or imagine. So my advice is, is to pray, to not lash out, to not feed the fire, right? Don't pour gasoline on, on the fire because that scripture also says, you know, a house divided will not stand. So, um, sometimes you have to let them go, man. And that was the hardest thing for me to do was just let her go. Yeah, Yeah. I can totally relate to that. Well, yeah, I'm totally with you. And, and as I'm listening to you, I just think, you know, my advice would be don't play the game. Yeah. Don't play the game. You know, like I feel like I spent so much time trying to get the Nexus family to like me. And at the end of the day, it was just never going to be. So I think it comes to a certain point where you just say, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you go live yeah. your life. If it if it affects me or well, my next wanted it to affect her. So there's nothing I could do about that. But if it affects me or my kids, I'm gonna speak up and I'm gonna eliminate us from that situation. You know, yeah. Well, Zach, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I appreciate you doing this with me. I think it uh, it shows a amount of bravery to talk about, you know, sort of old plights. You know what I mean? Like old difficulties with with the Nexus family. And uh, I wish you all the best and co-parenting with that. And you know, like I gave you that high school analogy, going back to high school graduation where you guys met. You guys met in high school, and then. One day your kids are going to graduate high school and you're going to see the in-laws there. And it's going to be a tough road for both of us, but uh, I wish you all the best in it. Well, thanks, man. I, I honor your bravery too and, and what you've been doing with your following. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I pray for you and um, keep moving forward, man. That's all we can do. Yeah, dude. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for doing this. And uh, until next time, everybody. Okay. <laughs>